Let's join the worship center at Life Church, where the service is already in progress. We're glad that you're here this morning. And we're continuing in uh, a short little series on winners, warriors, liners, warriors, and winners. I will get the W's all straightened out by the end of service today. Liners, warriors, and winners. And God wants us to move from whining to being a warrior, which will produce winning in our life. So last week, we focused on the liners. Um, how complaining does nothing. How it gets us nowhere. How its fruits are, are worthless and in vain. Because we will stay longer, and we looked a lot at the children of Israel. If you want to know what complaining will do for your life, study out the children of Israel. They complained, and they remained in the wilderness for 40 years longer than they had to. It could have been a lot quicker journey to the promised land. But they let their mouth and their mood and their emotions and what they thought get in the way. At one point, they were ready to go back to slavery just because of some onions and some garlic and all the different spices or whatever they had there. Over a meal, y'all, they were ready to go back to slavery because they missed the onions. Now, I love me some onions, but I don't think I love onions bad enough to go back in bondage. And really, they didn't eat them. They, they were just whining and complaining because they remembered the good parts. Usually, when you get out of a bad situation and then you hit a brick wall, because when you begin to move towards the things of God, when you begin to line your life up with God's commands, it's not always going to be easy. And there'll be moments where you kind of hit a little bit of a brick wall. And in those moments, if we don't watch ourselves, we can begin to think about how good our sinful life was and how awesome it was when we were just, you know, doing whatever we wanted to. If we wanted to tell somebody off, we told them off. If we wanted to leave somebody high and dry, we'd not be a person of our word. We did that. If we wanted to go out and act crazy, we went out and act crazy. And whatever we wanted to do, we went right ahead and did it. If we wanted to not read our Bible, we didn't read our Bible. And we begin to think about how good it was way back when I wasn't trying so hard to live for God. Because the devil will make that look good and enticing. But the truth is, when we were in that lifestyle, because at one point we all were, we were enslaved in chains of sin and bondage and bitterness and hatred that would consume and root and tear, tear up and dig into our life. It's not better in bondage. There will be difficulties either way. There will be problems that we face either way. I would rather face them with God than face them with the devil. I would rather face them with God than face them by myself. Whining will get us nowhere. Philippians chapter 2 says, Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining and disputing. 
So we're supposed to do all things. What does that mean? We're supposed to go to Walmart without murmuring and grumbling and complaining and disputing. And sometimes that is a whole ball in and of itself. A lot of character development can happen at the local Walmart. God can move in the grocery line. And teach us some character and some integrity at the Walmart. We need to do all things without murmuring and complaining when we're driving down the road to work. We need to do all things without murmuring and complaining when we're working at home and doing work at home. Wherever we go, whatever we do, not just when we show up at church on Sunday morning and stick our holy hat on and walk through the door, but every day of the week, do all things without murmuring and grumbling, fault-finding and complaining. So God doesn't want us to be a whiner. He's wanting us to be a warrior. And so we're going to look at what the Bible says about being a warrior. Because it's the warrior lifestyle that produces winning in our life. And we all want to win. If I'm playing cards with you, I want to beat you. I love you. I, I, I love you a lot. But if we're playing cards, I plan on whooping you. Accept it. We want to win. It's our nature to want to compete and be the best and be on top and do do it best and have the best success. God created us a drive for success in our life. Now we don't get to the place where we worship winning and we think that we always have to be, I beat you, I'm better than you. It's not a prideful thing. But God wants us to have a winning life. And a warrior lifestyle is what produces that. Do you think the army sends their men into training to lose? Do you think that you go into battle expecting to lose? No. You go into battle ready to win. If you don't, you're going to lose. Why? Because the attitude with which we attack things matters, and we're going to see that this morning. <laughs> God wants us to be a warrior for Him. He even told us that we were going to have to get ready for it. A warrior is a person engaged or experienced in warfare. This week in your life, have you experienced some warfare? I have. And I bet. If you sit there, it wouldn't take two seconds to think about some battles that you fought this week. Whether they were internal, external, you went through some stuff. Whether it was all in your head or it really was happening, we all face hardship and struggle and warfare in our life. It says it in the Bible that we are going to have to be ready. Because warfare is coming. A soldier, a warrior is a person who has 
shown great vigor and courage or aggressiveness. God wants us to be aggressive about the things of Him. Not being aggressive like, get out of my way, I'm going to kill you. You know, not anger, not anger management issues. God wants us to be aggressive about the things of Him. Charging after God, going after His plan, His purpose, like a fine-tuned soldier, like a skilled warrior. Let's look at Ephesians 6. And let's see what God says about the warrior for him. Now, if you read verses 1 through 9, you're going to find out that God wanted, I mean, if you are a parent, Ephesians 6, 1 is built for you. Ephesians 6, 1 and Hebrews 13, 17. Write those down when your kids mess up and make them write them a hundred times. They will get the word in their heart and their hands will be worn out and they won't be able to be idle because they're so tired from writing the scripture. And it'll be good. But Ephesians 6 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now that wasn't in my notes, so you see that's been done to me. Now I didn't have to write that down. But the word of God was put in my heart from a young age through a belt. No, through my mom's hand, really. But that's another story. <laughs> we got to get to that. Okay, so I'll tell you while I'm looking at the game of cards. So, we, God wants us to be warriors. So, in Ephesians 6 1, it deals with children and how they're to obey their parents. Then it gets in to how we're to obey our masters, those in authority over us, those who have rights and rules over us, how we're to engage with the world. So first we learn how to engage with our parents and our family. Then we have, and then it goes on, and I used to quote this at my dad all the time. After it tells children to obey their parents, it says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. <laughs> and I used to quote that to him a lot. Like, you're provoking me to wrath, Dad. And he said, well, you're not obeying So first of all, God deals with our relationship, and Paul deals with our relationship with our family, how we relate to our family in this world. Then he deals with how we relate to authority over us and what we do as servant-minded people in the world. And then after that, so we learn how to deal with, with our familial authority. We learn how to deal with our work and our government authority. And then he says, this is how you deal with spiritual authority. And that's the part that I want to key in on today. Wow, I just, we could have did that as a series. But here we go. Verse 10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. So he's dealt with family. He's dealt with authority and with our, our work and our government and servants and masters. Now he's saying this is spiritual. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be strong. God hasn't called us to be weak, wimpy warriors. He says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God. Okay, so we're getting ready to suit up. We got some armor that we're going to need to put on. And he says, put on the whole thing. Don't just pick whatever piece you want to wear that day. It's like us ladies getting dressed. We go and say, well, I think I'll wear that, and I think I'll wear 
that, and then we shuffle it all around and we go back, well, no, maybe this, no, maybe that. And we do the same thing with the armor of God. We wake up in the morning and say, I think I'll just put on the helmet today. Walk out the door. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So it's going to take every single piece of this armor to stand from any attack of the enemy. And many times, we blame all kinds of stuff on the devil that came from right here, in between our ears. We, our battle is right here. Our battle is with our flesh, our will, our mind, our attitude, our emotions, and with the devil. But mainly, it's this. Because if you can get this under the control, the devil doesn't have a chance to do anything. The only reason the devil can work is because we lost the battle right here. This is where the battle has to be won. We put on all the armor so we can get this right. And when we get our mind right, our mood gets right, our meditation, what we think on gets right, our motives get right, and our mission, what we set out to do, gets right when we get our mind right. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not with each other. Well, you know what she said about me. It doesn't matter what she said about me. You don't know what they did to me 40 years ago that just has put bitterness deep down in my heart. It doesn't matter what was done to you 40 years ago to put bitterness deep down in our heart. The problem is that we've allowed bitterness to be there and we better go in and dig it out. Because if we don't, then we are the ones who are eating up, not the other person. We are the ones who will stand before God in judgment and give an account for our unforgiveness. Not whether someone else forgave us, but for our unforgiveness, for our motives, for what we did and why we did it. So our fight isn't with other flesh and blood. Your fight isn't with your boss. He or she may drive you bonkers, but your fight is not with your boss. God is big enough to create the world. We can all in this room agree on that. I don't think you'd be sitting in church if you didn't believe Genesis. So if we can believe that God created the world, if we can believe that he set up this perfect timeline to introduce Jesus into the earth and for him to be the, the sacrifice for our sins, if we can believe all of that, something we've never seen, someone we've never touched, but we have felt and we've seen the effects of. If we have faith to believe that he put the stars in the sky and he causes the sun and the moon to switch spots every day. If we have faith to believe that the earth can sit right on the correct angle and point of axis and turn so that life can be on this planet. And if we believe that God created that life and he breathed his very breath into our body and into our spirit, why can't we believe that he can take care of our boss? Why can't we believe that he can take care of our spouse? Why can't we believe that he can take care of our kids? Why can't we believe that he can take care of our situation? Many times we would rather do things our own way. How we want them done. In our mind, in our will, in our emotions. Instead of handing them over to the Creator of our mind, 
If we can believe Genesis, why can't we believe that if we line our life up with His Word, if we seek first His kingdom, His way of doing things, His righteousness, then everything will be added. And we won't have to worry, and we won't have to complain, and we won't have to doubt in our heart, and we won't have to be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Of power of love and sound mind. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. As a warrior, you must know who your enemy is. And we have the enemy so confused. We think it's everybody around us. People in our society are very good at playing a victim. If they wouldn't have, then I wouldn't have. We see it on the playground all the time. She hit me, so I just kicked her in the leg. <laughs> and we laugh at that, but adults, we do it too. We may not walk up and bang somebody in the shin. We do it with our mouth. Our battle is not with others. Our battle is with this. This more than the devil. Because when this is taken care of, the devil doesn't have a chance. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So as a warrior, as a soldier for God, as one who stands in the gap and makes up the hedge, we must know who our real fight is with. It's not with our kids. It's not with our family. It's not with other people. Our fight is with ourself and with the devil. And both are winnable. Wherefore, because we have this enemy, because we have this struggle, because we go through these things, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Again, this is the second time that he says, you got to put on the whole thing. When a soldier goes out to battle, I know probably half the time they want to leave half of it at home because it's heavy and it's a lot of gear. But they take everything with them. Their commander makes sure that at least when they get out the door, they got it all on. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to take it off once I got out the gate. They go with all the tools necessary for victory. And God is telling us, do you want victory in your life? Do you want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death instead of set up a tent and roast some marshmallows? Then you've got to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And we are living in an evil day. We spent the last few weeks talking about the modern day ark and how God's preparing us for end time events and how we need to be ready and we need to be watchful and we need to know the times and the seasons that we live in because we are living in the evil day and it's going to take the whole armor of God to survive it and thrive it and go through it. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. So what does that mean? Many times 
we will go through life and we've done every single thing that we know to do. We've tried every single thing that we think will get it to work. And when you've done all to stand, keep on standing. Stand there for Okay, here we go. Here's the armor. This is what you got to have on. Your loins are about the truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. Not praying on Sunday morning when the, the teacher says, or preacher says, bow your head. Not praying on Tuesday night when you come to prayer time. Although both of those times are really great prayer. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I think many times when we feel like we're so discouraged and down in the battles of life and we feel like we can't go another day or make another step, I wonder if we take a moment and look in our life at that very moment when we just feel like everything is undone and in a million pieces around us and ask ourselves this, are we praying always? Because I feel like when we're praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, we won't feel the weight and the burden and the, like everything is in pieces around us. Why? Because that communion with God, that fellowship with Him, brings a supercharge of strength. When it's His strength, not our own strength. And we can walk through whatever we face in life. So let's dig into this for a few minutes and look at how we suit up for that. What do we got to take? If we're not going to be a wine and we're going to move to a warrior, what do we got to put on? The first thing we got to put on is truth. John 8.32 You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. When we know the truth, then we begin to apply the truth. How do we get to know the truth? What is truth? John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Then it says, Thy word is truth. So what do we need to know? We need to know His word. We need to get His word on the inside of us. David said in Psalm 119 that the word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. The Word is our God. It's our direction. It gives us a clear direction of where to go. It shines a light where our feet need to be walking. And when we walk in the light of the Word, then that walking in that truth, in the Word, in His commands, makes us free. It's not enough just to have head knowledge of the Bible. I know people that can talk circles around believers who are non-believers that know the Word. It's not enough just to know. we got to get it on the inside of us and let it change us and rearrange us. I can 
know all day long that if I exercise, I'm going to lose weight. I can know that. At one point, I was exercising 12 hours a week. And I was losing weight. I'm not exercising 12 hours a week at this moment. As my dad used to say, I exercised my fork this morning. Worked a call. But knowing that I need to exercise and that'll do, then I'll lose weight is a whole lot different than actually exercising and losing weight. We can't just know the word. Just because we know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that gives only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Just because we can spout that off because we went to children's church doesn't mean a lick of anything until we get it down on the inside of us that God really does love us, that he sent Jesus to this earth to be a sacrifice for our sin, and that if I believe on him, then my life can be transformed and changed, and I can have repentance, and I can have a fresh start, and I can be made new in him through his word. That's a lot different. We got to get the truth, the word of God, being our light, being our God. So we got to put on truth. we got to put on righteousness. Isaiah 33, 15 through 17. He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despiseth um, the gain of oppressions, that shaketh his hands from the holding of bribes, that stops his ears from hearing of blood, that shuts his eyes from seeing evil, he shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His water shall be sure. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. And they shall behold the land that is very far off. Who will see the king? Who will be provided for? Who will have a place of defense? Who will bread be given to? Who will the waters be sure for? The man, woman, boy, or girl who walks righteously who walks in right standing with God, who speaks uprightly, who, what they say, they speak the truth, they speak the word, they walk the word, they do the word. That person will see the king. That person will see the land that is very far off. That person, his way will be sure. God wants us to walk in right standing with him. He doesn't want us to walk leaning. Right now, I'm going through something with my hip. Some of y'all know that, some of you don't. But for about a month now, I've been having to go almost weekly and have it pop back into place and realign. The place that controls my adrenal glands in my back, and I hope y'all want to know all this about me this morning, and my hip have been getting out of line to the point that it's causing me to walk different. It's causing me to put my my right foot out sideways when I walk. Now everybody's going to be looking at my feet when I'm heading on. <laughs> and so I have to go and get it lined back up. And I'll go into the chiropractor and lay down and he'll say, well, it's your two favorite that are out again. Let's get you lined up. Except the other day when I went, there were six things out of line. And I said, ooh, that's been a week. That was a can of week we had. <laughs> Hint, hint. Okay. So I had to go and get it lined back up. And I'm still having to go and get it lined back up. And I will 
keep on having to go get it lined back up until it's done. That's the same way. When we, our spirit, gets out of alignment with God, we got to get that thing and say, no, line back up with the Word. Rotate back in place. Get yourself back in line with the Word. Because that's the only way you're going to walk straight. Is when you line up with the Word. We got to pop our life back in line with the Word in order to walk straight, in order to walk in righteousness, in order to walk in right standing with God. We must line ourselves up with Him. What's the next thing we got to put on this morning? The Gospel of Peace. Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. So we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Don't be ashamed to tell people that Jesus is alive and that one day we will stand before him in judgment. Because time is short and it's time to get as many people on board this ark as we can. We built it the last few weeks and now it's time to hop on it and ride that thing to the end of time. We need to line our life up with the word and proclaim the gospel to all people. For that is where the power comes from. That's where healing power comes from. That's where staying power, where we can stay connected with him. It's in the power of the gospel, of the word of God. We need to put on faith. Hebrews eleven six. without faith, without belief in God, it's impossible to please God. Do we want to please Him? Yes. I'm sure if I took a poll this morning and said, how many of you want to just tick off God this morning? Hands would go up everywhere. We don't want to make God upset. We don't want to displease Him. Well, how do we please Him? We have faith. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of Him that diligently seek Him. Notice, there is a part for us to play. We must diligently seek Him. We believe and we seek. We believe and we seek. Salvation. This is the only part of the armor that most Christians want to put on. We have a bunch of Christians walking around with a hat on and nothing else. They wake up in the morning, what am I going to put on today? I think I'll just put on this hat and head out the door. They leave all the rest of their clothes at home, just got their hat on, and they're ready. Acts 2, 38-39. Peter said unto them, Repent! Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So, we need salvation. We need repentance. We need to Repent! For the, and ask for the forgiveness of our sins. And when we do, we will receive the Holy Spirit and we will be able to walk in line with Him. Not only do we need that, but we need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All of these revolve around the Word. Have you noticed that yet? Every single thing revolves around the Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Do you want to be thoroughly furnished unto all good works? Do you want to be walking in righteousness and right standing and perfection in Christ? 
then we need the word of God. Joshua 1.8, this book of law shall not depart out of your mouth, but it shall you shall meditate therein day and night, and you will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then your way is prosperous, and then you shall have good success. If you want to have good success as a warrior of God, you need the Word of God. And you need all of it. Genesis to Revelation. You need the whole 66. You know, we got Route 66 here in the U.S. You need to get on the Route 66 of the Word of God and ride that thing till the rapture. The whole thing shall not depart out of your mouth. But think on it, meditate on it, study in it day and night, and observe to do what you read when you study. Then you will have good success. Look at Psalm 144, 132. Blessed is the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war. What does that mean? We are going to go through conflict. We are going to go through battle. We need some training. And many people come to Christ and like, okay, I'm saved, I'm done, I'm just going to sit right here, do my Sunday morning, do my midweek, tell the rapture. No, salvation is the beginning. It's not the ending. Salvation is the starting point. There's a whole roadmap to follow. God wants to teach our hands to war, our fingers to fight, not with our neighbor. Don't walk home and say, well, hubby, God said teach my hands to war. Here we go. No spousal abuse. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and whom I trust, who subdue my people. So what do warriors need as we get close this morning? First of all, warriors need the wisdom of God. So we know what they need to put on. We know what they got to suit up with. We know that there is a conflict to be waged, a battle to be waged. And it's not with our neighbor, it's with this nest right here. And when we get these two things right, it doesn't matter what our neighbor does. When we get these two things right, it doesn't matter what our boss does. When we get these two things right, it doesn't matter what the devil does because we are doing what we're supposed to do. And God is taking care of the rest. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. We need wisdom. This also know also that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, um, despisers of those that are good, traitors, petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Having a form of godliness. See, when we start going off in our own direction, we think we're okay, but we're not. When we start tweaking the Word of God to fit our lifestyle and make it fit in with what we feel comfortable with doing, we think we're okay, but that is a form of godliness. And when we stand before God, God's not going to say, well, you know, you made that word work for you. Like, you just made it fit into your life and you took this little piece and that little piece. But overall, you were a good person. He's going to 
one have? Did we have a relationship with him? Were we in tune to his spirit? Were we working to line our life up with his will? James 1 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So when we don't have wisdom to know what to do, we need to ask God who does know what to do. He gives us wisdom. So when we're praying, we need wisdom to know how to handle a situation. God, I thank you that James 1 5 says, I can ask you for wisdom and you will give it to me. And God, I really need your wisdom right now. Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So we got to walk in the right counsel. You can't get advice from everybody and live for God. You can't. You can't get advice from everybody and live for God. Because people will mess you up. Because everybody's got an opinion and none of them match. Half of you right now are comfortable in this room. Half of you are about to break a sweat. And me, I'm I'm kind of cold a little bit, sort of, kind of, not really. You can't go by me when we start talking about temperature. You will never get everybody to agree on everything. So don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of the sinner. Don't go in the direction that they're going. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. If somebody's constantly just scorning and talking negative, don't get around them because what you hang around you become. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. And because of that, he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf won't wither, and whatever he does will prosper. But the ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We need the wisdom of God. Warriors need worship. We did all kinds of teaching of worship. Get that teaching. Review it. Go over it. Colossians 3, 14-17. Above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you're called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalm, hymn, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him and the Father by Him. So whatever we do, we do it with worship. When we clean our house, we do it with worship. When we go to work, we do it with worship. When we come to the house of God, we do it with worship. When we drive down the road, we do it with worship. Now, don't close your eyes when you're driving down the road. I'm worshiping. No, keep the eyes open. Worship in your heart. In your heart. Not, not in your eyeballs. Worship in your heart. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Give thanks. When you're at work, work in the name of the Lord. Give thanks. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, let us offer a sacrifice of praise to God continually. That's the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So notice that sometimes praise is a sacrifice. Because sometimes you don't feel like worshiping God. You just don't. Sometimes you don't wake up in a mind to worship. But we do it anyway. We offer a sacrifice of praise. I don't feel like it right now. But it doesn't matter how I feel. We don't go by our feelings. We go by our faith. 
because your feelings will get you messed up and your faith on Christ will stand for eternity. Warriors need a winning attitude. Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brother, y'all are ready for finally. Fried chicken is called. Finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the peace of God will be with you. So, if you're not thinking on those things, no wonder you aren't winning. If I'm not thinking on those things, no wonder I'm not winning. Because remember, we got to get this right before anything out here gets right. we got to get this right. Warriors need a winning attitude. Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart, a joyful heart, does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries up your bones. Warriors need attitude. God wants us to be warriors. He doesn't want us to be whiners. He wants us to be warriors. And when we stand up and fight the good fight of faith, then we will see the winning. The winning is just a bonus. Don't get caught up in the winning. We fight the good fight of faith. And the winning part will come naturally. People get caught up in the winning. Oh, we're going to win. We're going to win. We win. We win. We win. We win. Well, you don't get to win until you war. So let's teach our hands to war so that winning comes naturally. Let's not think that we will fight this good fight of faith. That we will line up our mind and our will and our emotions with you. God, help us to put on your arm, not just the helmet. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. You can write to us at Post Office Box 1004. That's P.O. Box 1004, Monticello, Arkansas, 71657. Or you can email us at lci.monticello at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also check out our website. It's www.getlife.co. That's www.getlife.co. There you can find Pastor Kelly and Pastor Josh's sermon notes, and you can see what's going on all through the week at Life Church. We would love to have you in one of our services with us. Join us Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for our worship service. Pastor Kelly ministers, and it's a great time in the presence of God. Or you can join us for Digging Deep on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Pastor Josh digs into the Word of God, connecting the Old Testament with the New Testament, and giving us a fresh biblical perspective from God's point of view. We hope that you have a great week this week. Remember, go live to make God look good. God bless you till we're with you again.